This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all... It's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Here in the Northern Rockies, dark winter months are outlasted in basements, dens, and nooks, where kindred souls gather together to share intel, swap fly patterns, and relive the memories from seasons past. This gathering spot, known locally as the February Room, is the inspiration for this podcast. No matter the season, the door is always open to those with a fly fishing story to tell. Brought to you by CD Fishing USA, the North American distributor for composite development fly rods and accessories. 40 years of Kiwi ingenuity and graphite technology now available at cd-fishing.us or your local CD USA dealer. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And remember to go fishing. Here's your host, the Carnops, and this is the February Room. There's a reason why Dolly Parton's song 9 to 5 was so popular. It was an anthem for working class men and women, and 40 years later, it still resonates with daily grinders around the world. Chasing Tides Collective is also trying to break the 9 to 5 grind by providing adventure seekers with tips on how to get on the water despite the daily grind. Thank you for joining me today, co-founders Tim Homa and Nick Northern, all the way from Virginia. Thanks for joining me, guys. Absolutely, Lauren. Thanks so much for having us. And um, as always, we start uh, just like um, the Chasing Tides Collective. You guys are storytellers. And so I know you guys have a story lined up for me today, and I cannot wait to hear it. Yep, we've got plenty of stories. Um, you know, we we love to pursue fishing as much as possible when we're when we're not working. Um, and Chasing Tides is uh, is three of us, myself, Nick, and then our buddy Ryan, um, who could not be here tonight. 
Um, but the first fishing story, um, is going to be between Nick and I, um, Nick used to live in Virginia beach where Ryan and myself live, um, and had moved away, um, about an hour and a half, two hours away from us. Um, so we don't get the fish as often, uh, as we used to, but since he's moved away, we found some neutral territory, um, one of which we visited for the first time a few years ago and had one of the best, um, kayak fishing outings that, that we've ever had, um, catching speckled trout, red drum and striped bass. Um, so we, we try to make that a, a yearly trip. And, um, a couple Octobers ago, uh, Nick and I met up at that spot and uh, every time with Nick, he's, he's a dad, he's got a, a daughter. Um, our windows are always tight. We were, um, we were there early before the sun. And then we were facing, um, an increasing wind forecast throughout the uh, morning. So we knew we, you know, had our, had our time. We were up against the clock to try and, uh, you know, catch some fish and, and get some content. And we went to the same area that we've had success at previously. And, uh, you know, we, we caught some small speckled trout, but we couldn't find any red drum or the size of speckled trout that we wanted. Uh, with, with each hour, the wind got more, a stronger and stronger, um, and I was, I was starting to lose my patience. And, um, I think Nick was battling the fly rod in the wind a little bit. Um, and he decided to go check out a, a shallow Creek that looked like there was at least some, some break in the wind. And, um, I, I stayed in our spot cause I'm a little bit more stubborn. Um, but then I saw him stay in the same spot for, longer than 30 minutes and i was like okay maybe he's on to something so i went over to him and was like hey man i i'm gonna give it another 20 or 30 minutes and then i'm over it it's you know chalk it up as a loss and then um nick had filled me in on what he saw yeah so it was not our best morning that that spot to us is is a little bit of a uh, a secret honey hole so we had high expectations going into that day and like tim mentioned we we caught a few fish here or there but it wasn't the banner day that we had been hoping it was gonna be so i i scooted primarily to get out of the wind it was actually the first time i had brought the fly rod on the kayak so i was testing that out for the first time um which which has its own challenges it's, it's tough to send a pretty decent cast when you're you know only a few feet above the surface of the water um so that there were some trial and tribulations that day but anyways i scooted down the ways a little bit from tim and got into the mouth of this little creek and all the signs pointed to fish being there there, there was nervous water there was movement and, and it just had that fishy feel um you know we're, we're it's still enough to to make you think that fish are there so I was sitting I don't know 20 or 30 minutes before Tim crept over and and told him that I think there's fish here just had yet to find them and we put in another 10 or 15 minutes and we're getting ready to pack it up and head out tails tucked and I told Tim I'm just going to do one little loop around just a small little island in the creek uh, surrounded by you know some some oyster beds so I just start to paddle away from him, go around this island, and the second I get on the back side of it, 30 feet in front of me, 
is a school of red drum. And this is, this is as shallow water as it gets, six to eight inches, backs fully exposed. I, I, like heaven for what you pull up on. Something that you don't see very often in Virginia. We have a, a underrated red drum fishery, but you don't come across them in that skinny of water mudding and belly crawling the way that they were that day. So I, in my best Lieutenant Dan imitation, <laughs> throw my hand up <laughs> as, as if to stop Tim in his tracks because I'm so nervous that we're going to spook him um, and just start, I basically zone in on one and just start stalking it in the kayak. And at this point, Tim has caught up enough to see what's going on. And I mean, both of our jaws are, are basically flat you know wide open flat on our on our boats and i start following one trying to get some cast into it can't reach it can't reach it i get probably 75 yards away from tim he has gotten onto his own little duo of drum they're everywhere i mean that they're it was the first time i'd seen anything like it in our waters it's probably the last time i'll ever see anything like it but finally i got within shooting distance for me which was probably i don't know 20 30 feet i had gotten better sense i wasn't a great kayak caster at that time and place um was able to put one right on his nose and he went crazy on it smash it was a little three four inch clouser uh white with a gray belly um white belly with a gray back and i mean i was in for a ride i was fighting that fish for five to ten minutes it was it was unreal, and as that happens, I hear Tim yelling, "Woo, woo!" <laughs> screaming from across the marsh because he's hooked up also. So we're there, just screaming back and forth, laughing at each other, roping these two fish in. Um, long story short, we land both of those. Tim paddles over to me just in time for another fish to pop up. I mean, he can't really even get his first fish off by the time he casts to this other one lands that one and it, it part of me has blacked that story out because it was just so ridiculous yeah. but um before we get too too long-winded on it it was just to, to to sum it up i don't think we'll ever see that again the, the way it played out it just doesn't happen that yeah often. that is incredible i mean just hearing I mean, the fact that you guys were persistent that there were fish there and kept fighting or like searching for them, that's that's amazing. Just the other day, <clears throat> Justin and I went fishing. We had actually a short window. We had an hour and a half. My husband just renovated this longboat. And so he's like, let's go up to um, up to Sealy Lake and we're going to go pike fishing. And I was like, I, I think we're cutting it pretty close because we had to pick up our kid from school. And he's like, no, we're totally fine. I'm like, all right. So we took his we took the longboat out there and um, went fishing and it's still pretty cold. So the pike were not eating at all. And I was like, well, we, we need to get back. And he's like, oh, we can do like a few more casts. I'm like, ah, we're kind of cutting it tight. And sure enough, this new boat, we get to the dock and he doesn't know how to move the motor up. We're like totally like on the dock. Like, thank goodness there was nobody there. We were just totally like dragging this boat up. And it was such a hard <laughs> balance. And then the trailer, as we're driving back home, the boat slants off the trailer. And he's like, well, it's a good thing we're just doing this now so I can fix the trailer. And actually, as we speak, he's up there right now fixing the trailer. But what I love about 
um, your the collective is that you guys are trying to teach people how to balance, right? Because even if you have a short window, you got to take advantage of it. And even for me, sometimes when I have a short window, I'm like, no, I can't do it. Like there's not enough time. But you do manage to make it work, right? So I'm just very curious. Um, how did how did you guys come up with this, and why do you think it was necessary? Yeah, well, it, exactly like what you just said. It's so easy to just say, you know, the conditions aren't right, or I just don't have enough time, or I'll do it tomorrow, or, you know, paint this ideal scenario of when all of the stars align. And, you know, for the majority of people, that's just not the case. So you're, you're kind of left to what's in your backyard. And, you know, the time you do have available, especially as, you know, you, you grow up and have more responsibilities. Um, so that, you know, that a lot is the basis of chasing tides, but it, it started out really, the three of us kind of came together at the, at the same time with an idea of, you know, we, we all, all three of us liked telling stories and liked capturing moments. Um, and we didn't really have anywhere to put that. So selfishly we were like well let's just start an instagram if not just for a place to you know poke fun at each <laughs> other and try and you know get better at, at photography and telling some stories um and then as we kind of developed that um you know one thing that has been you know big in all of our hearts is it, you know where we live is is great we've got the ocean we've got the mountains um, you know, we've got all of these resources right in our backyard and you go through Instagram and you, you see people, you know, in tropical places surfing or fishing and you're like, man, you know, that's, I would love to do that. Um, but you know, we, we try to keep to, you know, what you have is in your backyard is awesome. Um, and after we started that, we, we, all three of us bought pawn shop cameras and we're like, okay, well let's, let's, let's upgrade from the iPhone photos and let's try and, you know, figure out how to shoot DSLRs. Um, and Ryan, who's not here, excelled at that a little bit quicker than Nick and I did. Um, so as we kind of got more into photography, you know, our adventures that we went on day to day or on the weekends, um, you know, turned into like, you know, let's try and get some better footage. Let's try and develop more stories. And the feedback that we got back from our early posts, um, you know, was very, very positive and people like, you know, what, you're right. Like it's, I had this quick moment, I'm going to go surf or fish or whatever it is I, I want to do. And that, um, morphed into, you know, wanting to tell stories about brands, um, that are, you know, make products that help a nine to fiver who doesn't have the time to, you know, prepare as well, but they make a good product. It can help that person in whatever it is they're looking to do. Um, so we went from, you know, telling stories about ourselves to telling stories about brands. And then we, we tell stories about other nine to fivers who excel, um, you know, in whatever their, their recreational pursuits, um, that they, that they have. Um, and then that has since morphed into, you know, kind of where we are now. Well, I think what I really like what you just said there, Tim, is 
as nine to fivers or just, you know, we're all working people, whether it's nine to five, but there's just a small window when you get your hobby. And I liked when you're like, sometimes I'm like, oh, the stars do not align. Like the weather's kind of crummy. I shouldn't go out there. But when I force myself to go out there, I'm like, I'm so glad I did because it did just make me feel like I was touching. I feel more connected when I'm outside. It's better for my mental health. I'm a better mom. I'm a better worker is when I get to touch that. And I know you said that there's brands and products that you want to align with that nine to five hobby person with a hobby. Nick, what products are you seeing out there? What are you looking for that like gets the nine to five or daily grinder outside? Well, there, there's a lot, obviously, and there's more and more popping up every day. But a lot of what we have tried to do is, is when we tell stories or talk about, you know, products, brands, people, it's, it's does this bring value to someone like me? You know, is this going to help me in, in the short window that I have? And maybe that's, hey, this is a really intuitive uh, backpack or pack or something like that. Maybe this is like, the, I'll, I'll plug Yeti here. And, and you know, we, we were trying to talk to other folks, uh, you know, not, not the massive companies of the world, but just, just to illustrate your point, like the Yeti sidekick to me has been 18 different things. It's carried baby wipes. <laughs> it's carried my fly it. boxes. It, it's carried small notebooks for work. I mean, it's, it's just, it's stuff like that, that, is multi-purpose and can be ready to grab, ready in a pinch, and I can do A, B, and C with, you know, on the, on the 45 minutes that I have on my lunch break, um, you know, that, that I can just throw in the car and, and pop out really quickly. So it's stuff like that, but just trying to connect people with, with that type of information and add a little bit of value on on highlighting some of those, you know, people, products, brands, etc. It's just, you know, hey, this helped me. This helped us one time. Hope it helps you too. And hope it gives you an excuse or gives you a resource to help you squeeze in that 45 minutes before, after, or even during work. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also just like so curious because, you know, you're you're reaching out how to balance nine to five, but then you guys also have the Chasing Tides Collective. So how are you guys able to be, you know, you have work, family, uh, and then also hobbyist, and then also um, creating a platform for people. How are you, uh, Tim, balancing all these things on your guys' plate. <laughs> yeah, and that's, you know, <laughs> it, it is funny because as this kind of evolution of, of of the Chasing Tides Collective has taken place, you know, we do find ourselves more and more putting our spare time that would be used surfing or fishing or what have you into, um, you know, interviewing people, um, building content and things like that. So, you know, I probably have a bit more of, um, I'm going to put my foot down and go fish or go surf 
um, than than Ryan and Nick do. Um, but it, it it is it is kind of funny that we created this platform to inspire people, but at the same time, it's slightly counterproductive for ourselves because now we've got you know we're bringing cameras along and it's you know we're we're paying more uh, more attention to the moment and certain things going on instead of necessarily enjoying what we're doing in some cases where it's like okay we need to get some photos it's a little bit more like work um so it's still just you know early mornings and late you know late nights it just one more it's almost like one more hobby added to the list well and also i mean i think there is a true saying that when you love what you're doing it doesn't feel like work and so what you guys are really doing is going outside exploring learning more things which makes it less work than and becomes more enjoyment um also you know with the outdoor collective with you guys all being in virginia does uh the chasing tides collective focus more on virginia nick yeah, so Virginia is part of, of the Mid-Atlantic as a whole. We, we are very passionate and very fortunate about where we live. You know, one of the things that, that to me, I, I'm, I'm Virginia born and bred. My family's been here for much longer than I can remember and even trace back. And I have, so I'm, I'm lucky to be from here and have lived. I grew up in Richmond, spent some time in a few different places. And and for Richmond, for anyone who's not familiar, Richmond is is central part of the state. Um, I grew up, spent some time uh, professionally after college in the western part of the state, uh, the northwestern part, um, as well as the southwestern part. And that follows the Blue Ridge Mountains. Blue Ridge Mountains span the entire state, so I spent a few years post-college in the mountains um, and then made my way back to Virginia Beach which is where the three of us actually met. We all went to school at a small school in Virginia Beach. Um, so I've, I've been lucky not only to be raised in Virginia but, but to live in, in basically every region of the state. Um, but we have the best of everything. You know, Where I am, I'm, I can be on one of the best native brook trout streams in the country in an hour and a half and then i can also be knee deep on a saltwater flat in an hour and a half chasing redfish and speckled trout and there aren't many places in the country as far as an angler is concerned where where you can do that where where you have access to that i mean you can wake up in the mountains if you wanted to fish for trout drive a few hours and then wrap it up in the evening fishing for red drum on the coast and and we're, it's Virginia is very unique in that regard, so we're very lucky. Oh, I mean, it looks amazing. I mean, I, I need to make my way there. Even hearing the red drum story, I love. I just saw someone post. Um, I love smallmouth fishing, and I hear red drum can be just as um, exciting and a fighting fish. And so um, even my uncle just went down to um, Louisiana and caught like the most beautiful red drum ever. And so it's definitely on my bucket list. Um, Tim, what do you think is one of your favorite things about your home waters? Yeah, for me, um, definitely the diversity. Uh, I grew up up in Maryland, um, which is just north of Virginia, but further up the the Chesapeake Bay. Um and where I live now in Virginia Beach, it's just such a, a more diverse fishery than where I grew up. Um, you know, I, I've really, I, I grew up 
striped bass fishing and largemouth bass fishing. Um, and since I've been in Virginia beach, I've just gone full tilt into saltwater. So, um, you know, I, I love having that access there. And then, um, I love surfing as well. So being, being super close to, to, to the, to the waves to surf and, and we're, you know, an hour and a half, two hours from the outer banks of North Carolina, um, which has great waves and a great fishery in and of itself. Um, so just, yeah, there's, there's a lot to do in, in really not that far of, um, in, in really not that far of a drive and, and it, back to chasing tides. It's, you know, some people might be like, well, why am I going to drive an hour and a half or something to, to fish? And it's like, well, you know, it's, it's an adventure. It's something new. Um, you know, there's, there's always a story to tell. So that's, that's what I love about it. Isn't that the truth? There's always a story to tell. I mean, even though I didn't catch a fish on the pike, but the trailer ended up right. being the biggest thing on our adventure. And now we're now now it's become another huge project that we're doing on the side. And he's like, I got this figured out. And he's up there drilling holes in metal. And he's like, I got some free carpet. Anyways, a really fun adventure, like you said. I mean, anytime you get outside. Um, and that's the thing that's always some, so interesting is sometimes I'll have people tell me, they're like, well, I don't have any fishing stories. I'm like, have you not gone fishing? He's like, oh, all the time. I'm like, well, how was that experience? So it's always so interesting um, that anytime you go outside, you you have a story, whether there isn't anything that really happened, and, you know, the feeling and the adventures. And um, I couldn't agree with that more. Nick, I was just going to ask you, how often is Chasing Tides Collective? How how often are you guys updating that? Is it like a, I saw that there's going to be a magazine. Um, can you t- give a little bit more information about that? Yeah, absolutely. So as as you alluded to a little bit ago, um, finding the time to, <laughs> to get all this done is is our biggest challenge. It has always always been our biggest challenge, and and we go through spurts where we're a little more active and consistent, and then sometimes where we're not as much so, just because you know we're we're three grown men with with other <laughs> responsibilities, but we we try to be consistent and regular and and we are moving to the magazine which has been a long time coming so the magazine is actually getting ready to be released um as we speak it's it's we weren't we didn't decide actually that we were, we were going to do the magazine until not all that long ago about six or seven months ago you know chasing tides had had been around and like Tim said, started as the Instagram, morphed into the website and was kind of an online journal. You know, it was, it was just a little bit of a community for a while. And then we decided we really wanted to keep it going, but to do that, we, we needed to productize it is, is how we've kind of phrased it. And, and the best medium to do that after a lot of deliberation between the three of us was to be a magazine. Um, which has proven to be a bold endeavor. <laughs> the, the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it's a lot of work. Yeah, we, um, yeah. I wouldn't know anything mm. about that. <laughs> well, neither did we. So <laughs> we but, you know, in, in true fashion, we, we didn't know much about anything before we started anything. It, it's all been kind of an organic evolution, you know, not, None of us studied photography or, or anything. You know, Tim and I studied journalism, journalism and communications in college. So we had a little bit of media background, a little bit of editorial background. But other than that, I mean, we've been 
especially photography realm and design realm, which Ryan has gotten very good at from a graphic design standpoint, YouTube, university, all the way. Um, and then same thing, you know, spent a whole lot of time just teaching ourselves how to do the magazine. But we, uh, we, we started 2022 with the plans of doing a quarterly magazine of which we have yet to release the first volume. So you can see how well <laughs> that's going from a quarterly standpoint. <laughs> but <laughs> but we're, we are, like I said, we are wrapping the first one, which is getting released very soon. So the magazine will be the main point of emphasis moving forward. That being said, we will have uh, monthly releases that will be kind of more like our traditional or blog type uh, online journals, smaller features um, that we'll share via Instagram, share via the website and our email uh, distribution list that we're, that we're currently building um, as well. And um, Tim, how would people um, get their name on the list? Is there a cap that you guys will stop? So they they can go it and log on to our website at chasingtidesco.com um, and there is a, a pop-up that they can sign up for the newsletter um, and anybody can sign up. I love that. So you aren't going to be like, hey, no more, like you will keep making them and producing them as long as people are still signing yep. up for them? Yep. Yep, absolutely. We want to, I, I mean, we started this whole thing with, with just the the want to share and look back and reflect so anybody who wants to be a part of that anybody who feels inspired or encouraged or wants to join in on that sentiment is is more than welcome in our eyes to join in and i have to say because looking at the website i mean i'm from missoula and but i think there's so many um opportunities for people who are not from virginia to take some information that you guys have provided and apply it to their own home waters yeah wouldn't you say absolutely i i think that you know, one of the coolest things that we've um, encountered within this Chasing Tides Collective endeavor is the the community that we fall in, um, which is, you know, I guess, you know, outdoor creators in the fishing, you know, or surfing world. Um, everybody is so helpful and eager to share and, and give tips or, or, or what have you. I, I learn a lot from the people down in Texas, um, fishing for speckled trout and use what they use down there up here. And that, that helps me a lot. And, and the main thing that we want to point out are, you know, tips that can just help you succeed when you've got the time and it sh it should be totally translatable despite where you're fishing or, or where you're, where you're doing, um, you know, whatever it is. I mean, there's a lot of information on there that, you know, also when it comes to fly fishing, I mean, there's so many skills that kind of, you know, is, or fly fishing or any of your outdoor adventures. I mean, they kind of parallel each other really when you kind of get down to the bare necessities of what you need to do when you go outside. It's just trying to figure out the right products that can, you know, just kind of be a diaper bag or a notepad. <laughs> <laughs> and all of that. So I know we talked about the website, but uh, you guys started as Instagram. So like, what's the best method for people to follow? Um, keep, keep maybe know when that first quarter magazine is going to be coming out. <laughs> first quarter at least sometime first in the quarter second quarter. Of the second quarter. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, our, our Instagram is, is probably our most popular platform, which is just uh, at Chasing Tides Co. 
Um, and then the website is chasingtidesco.com. So th those two places are, are certainly the best. And anyone who's interested in getting involved or has an idea for, because uh, that's another thing that we try to do is, is along with products and brands and tips and helpful advice is, is we're trying to showcase the folks who are out there you know, chasing a passion, trying to turn it into a profession. Because uh, we, we we feel that we're we're in that boat. You know, long term goal for us is to turn chasing ties into a full time thing for for all of us. So we tip our caps to all those folks out there who are doing the same thing, and and we're trying to bring some awareness to to those folks as well, and encourage people to do the same. If you're lucky enough to to get paid doing what you love, you you figured it out. So we want to help spread some love in that regard as well. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, chasing tides and chasing rivers. We're all trying to we're trying to find that balance, right? And if you can make your work and have the balance of going outside, I couldn't imagine a, a better a better way of living. Well, before we sign off, let's hear one more fishing story. Yeah. So, I, admittedly, I'm uh, new to the uh, the fly fishing world. Um, it's it's <laughs> something that has been on my radar for a while. Um, Ryan and Nick dove headfirst into it. Like I've never seen anybody do anything. Um, they're like, that's it. This is all I'm doing. And I was like, really? But you guys aren't catching that many fish. Um, and so we'd, <laughs> we'd go, we'd go, I'd go fishing with them using conventional gear and they'd have their fly rods. And, and, you know, I kept taking note, you know, when the elements came together and as they were getting better, um, I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. And they, the whole time they were nagging me, you got to try, you got to try. And I jokingly was like, oh, I'll pick this up. It's, I get it. I understand it. Um, and then finally, <laughs> um, I guess it was last summer picked up a fly rod. Um, and it, to put it in context, I had been, um, on a school of fish, uh, school of red drum in Virginia beach, uh, that were pretty reliable to catch. And Nick and Ryan were like, Hey, let's go to the mountains and catch brook trout. And I'm like, but did you hear what I said? We, I, we're ca I'm catching like, you know, upper slot drum and you want to go catch four to eight inch trout. And they're like, just, just trust us. Just trust us. So, um, I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll follow along. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to be a good sport about it. And they, they took me up to the mountains, um, gave me what, what was the, the rod, Nick? Was it a, a, a little three weight, four weight? Yeah. You, you had a glass four weight actually. Yeah. So they, they handed me that, um, kind of showed me the basics of a roll cast and you know, what to look for. I, I, I kind of picked up, you know, where the fish would be fairly quickly from watching them. Um, and we pull over the side of the road and Nick and Ryan are like that down there. That's, that's where we're going. And I was like in all the trees, that's what we're going to do. And, um, <laughs> and they're like, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You know, just it'll open up is what they kept saying. And, um, we, we go down, I, I miraculously don't slip on any rocks and I'm trying to make these roll casts into the stream. And I'm not really, we were using dry flies. I'm not really seeing anything. And then I watch Ryan do it. And there's this quick little splash because that was a trout. And I was like, what? That was, that was a ripple. Um, 
so it ended up being a creek job but i'm i can't help myself but from getting stuck on trees and the whole the whole time i'm just i'm just a, a mess with managing the line and these guys are like panthers <laughs> weaving through the trees and doing bow and arrow shots and landing brook trout and i'm like what this is this is what you guys do and this is how you wanted me to pick up on something and um so finally I, I i get into a clearing and i watch the dry fly go down and it takes everything in my might to not try and build dance it like i'm used to setting the hook on a saltwater fish but i i lift up the you know the rod tip and it's this to me it was a large creek chub um <laughs> but it was still maybe a two to three foot fish and i was like well at least i didn't get skunked and um the, the whole ride back we're joking about you know calling me chubs because that's all i caught and and all that so i've <laughs> i've developed a, my fly fishing alias is is chubs peterson um so but that was that was a tough first time fly fishing but i did kind of take away you know the beauty of the stream and it was a cool waiting and kind of losing time in the woods and stuff like that so i was like okay that that was enough to keep me dialed in um since then i've gotten casting lessons um i can double haul now and uh, i got i got my first um, awesome. red drum on the fly this past february so no way congrats um, yeah, brighter, brighter days ahead for Chubbs. Uh, but it was it was definitely a uh, a tough start, and I think I still think those guys did that on purpose. <laughs> did you do it on purpose, Nick? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, honestly, I wish I had that same like magical feeling that everyone talks about with fly fishing. Because the first time I went fly fishing, I was like, "This stinks! Like, this is not fun. I've lost so many bugs, and every time you lose a bug, and I didn't realize like how much energy went into tying a fly. And you know, my husband would be like rolling his eyes every time I lost, and I was like, "What? They're just what is it? Hair and?" foam like what's the big deal like just go tie, you can go tie another one but then um you know the more you get into it you realize the special like the, that was someone's special fly and the amount of time and energy and so um it's one of those it's a it's a hobby that you appreciate more you under the more you understand it but when you're first into it you're like what why do people like this sport yeah yeah and i've watch se- your back cast yeah that was i've i've, I've since started to see you know what everybody's talking about it 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 is so much different it's uh it is and i think that's one of the things that has kind of kept me with it is just it's it's a new challenge um and it's it's a different way to fight a fish and my first redfish ryan was like was that life-changing i was like that was a nightmare i like i didn't know what i was doing (laughs) um so it's it's been a it's been a cool um little process so i'm i'm gonna stick with it i need i need to get a, a brook trout now Oh, well, come to Montana. We've got tons of them. Yeah, that'd be, that would be awesome. I've, n- I've never been out west. That'd be awesome. Oh, well, seriously, come to Montana. We'll take good care of you guys, and we can share some fishing stories. Yeah, that would Absolutely. be amazing. Go to thefebruaryroom.com, where you can access a complete library of our podcast and read more about our guests, their fishing stories, and favorite fly patterns. We're always looking for exceptional fly fishing yarns, and if you have one to spin, shoot us an email at info at The February Room is always free, 
But if you feel like throwing a nickel in the pond, we appreciate any additional listener support. For companies and individuals interested in sponsorship opportunities, please contact us for our media kit. Thanks for stopping by the February Room, and we'll see you down here next week.